Welcome back, podcasters. With your host here, Michael Pinky, with your podcast, Real, Raw, and Flawed. The podcast where we hold nothing back, our ultimate truths, our insecurities, things that we usually keep to ourselves. Uh, it comes out in this podcast, things that I've battled with personally on my own for many years and, and holding in because I thought that was the right way and you don't share your feelings and you don't share the things that are hard. You always protect yourself by keeping those in and not showing your vulnerable state. That's why I started this podcast to to literally be real, raw, and show how flawed anyone can be. Um, so, you know, as you've been listening, you know that uh, my sister's been a guest several times. And this is a unique one today we're doing because she just recorded a session that she had, she wanted to get on, either recording on her phone or she just wanted to be heard in the moment because she had some real stuff coming at her and mostly probably in an empathic way because she is fully empath and really takes a lot of energy in from others around her. And I think I'm sitting here alone in my office at work on Christmas Eve at 5.30 p.m. Um, and in one of those moments probably as well, doing a lot of thinking. This is the first holiday season, if you will, where I've been 100% on my own. Um, you know, all the families, most of the family is gone. The ones that are here are out of town. My sister's back in Pennsylvania slash New York. Uh, business partners out of town for his family, anybody I work with. So this is truly the first year I've been 100% by myself. And uh, it, it's it's been a challenge. You know, it's only been a couple of days and I, only, I have more days ahead of me. But it's been a challenge. It's it's really had some uh, hard self-reflection on, on where I've come in these 38 years. Uh, my sacrifices, worth it or not. A lot of time for me to think on myself and, and what I wanted for myself to this point and what I still want for myself moving forward. So interesting time of the year, but I think it's a forced time of the year too. It's you know, it's because of all the the expectations around this time of year and how you should feel and around family time and spouses and children and uh, what it means and in the actual holiday, so Christ's birthday. I mean, there's a lot going on this time of year, and I would even include Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's all bunched in, where there's just a lot going on, a lot of expectations. So my sister actually recorded these, which I'm gonna play for you. She sent them to me to listen to, and the first thing I thought was, you know, we gotta get this on the podcast for people to listen to. And so I'm gonna play you recordings, and I may stop and start as we go through just make a couple of comments but i'm going to play through these recordings because i thought they were it's similar to what i do and i really wanted to get on here so without further ado this is my sister literally sitting in her car and and taking in a moment so let's get it started well it's probably that time of year where anxieties are heightened anyway during the holidays all kinds of expectations coming from all different directions and perspectives, life experiences and whatnot. I've been having 
several conversations lately and it seems like the same subject matter continues to come up relating to anxiety and panic attacks and sleeplessness and just that constant worry that's all consuming to the point where fear is real in that moment to you the person experiencing it and um a story I've never really shared on any of the podcasts is about um, this time in the last eight years or so, probably about four years ago, maybe five now. Um, I was living down in northeastern Pennsylvania, um, about 45 minutes north of Philly, in a beautiful suburb area, um, kind of outside of that. I was in this little place I called my little neck of the woods on 33 acres with peacocks and chickens and fresh eggs and this little cabin and I had to build my own fire and all these things kind of post my divorce in life and I kind of went to this place to heal maybe to isolate I don't know but the lessons learned there were priceless and one of the things that came up relating to panic and anxiety and fear was um, I was working together with this place called Fellowship Farm and it was this huge 1200 acre um, piece of property that had all kinds of lodging on it and a barn and farm animals and a um, bakery and all these wonderful things and I guess Martin Luther King had taught Gandhi's um, tenants and things there uh, when he was touring the country. It was a place where inner city youth would come to experience the outdoors and things that they may never have been exposed to living in inner cities and the poverty level and whatnot, also relating to anxiety, right? Period. And um, so this place had been underutilized. It was kind of really only being used kind of some local universities were using it for retreats and things in the summer, but really this place had long been kind of forgotten and it was grandfathered in and protected so that it would always be a place for civil rights um, and anything related to take place there. And so people can have churches there, they can congregate there for any reason that they want under any um, belief system, spiritual, political, or otherwise. So there was a one last man standing that was probably the only person on the non-for-profits payroll and I had met him through my landlord who was on the board for this property trying to revitalize it trying to bring some attention to it to kind of bring back um, some of what it used to be as a community resource so I meet with this guy on several occasions I put together a team of assassins, like this team of women that was absolutely amazing, a grant writer, um, a, a, a ecologist, an economics major, a healer, a, a psychologist, all these young women, right, all just in the prime of their professions, passionate, on fire, ready to do something big in the world. 
we find this property, we sit down, we brainstorm a bunch of ideas as to how to bring it back, how to get funds, how to, all these different things, right? So I set up a series of meetings one by one with the man, the last man standing, who his background is, he was an activist in the 60s, he had, he's been arrested for multiple protests that were, you know, of good cause and this and that. He, um, you know, has a decorated educational background and um, has been running Fellowship Farm for, I don't know, some 30 years. And he's on the, the probably downslope um, towards retirement. So first the grant writer goes, takes care of all kinds of things. Then the uh, accountant, uh, economics major goes and takes care of a few things. The next, he's going to meet with my friend who just graduated with her master's degree in uh, child psychology, female studies, this whole thing, right? So now we're gonna start actually talking about programming. So I arranged for a meeting with them in the morning and then I'm gonna meet with him directly to follow in the afternoon. She meets with him, they walk the property, She's probably, just for reference, uh, dark hair, 5'10", beautiful, smart, probably adorning all kinds of beads and scarves that have somehow become a dress. And um, she's probably maybe six, seven, eight years my junior. Okay. So, now their meeting is coming to an end. I'm headed over to the farm just to feel miles from my house. I pull in, I park, I start to walk towards them. I see them coming down the path out of the woods and he approaches me and says, you know, I'd like to spend a little more time with your colleague here so maybe we could reschedule. And he flips open his little flip phone so flippantly. And I thought, just for a moment, I had like some kind of energetic response like, I hate this fucking guy like are you serious right now my ego kind of took a punch right so I of course don't let him see that in any way shape or form and keep my act together and smile and say absolutely let's um, figure out a time that works for both of us blah 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 so he says let me let me just make sure I've got your number in my phone here and as he is putting my finding, you know, the contacts to put my name and number in his phone, his little flip phone, I noticed that he has some kind of eczema or rash or psoriasis or I, I don't know exactly what, but some kind of ailment um, going on with his hands. And they were all raw and whatnot. And literally by instinct alone, no premeditation, no type of passive aggressive intention, like truly just noticed the hands in the middle of this situation that was already happening, right, both physically and energetically, and I say, wow, I make an amazing salve that could make your hands feel so much better and heal all of what's happening there. For the first time since he laid eyes on me that day, I had his full attention. He looked straight up at me and dead in the eye and said, hyper-surveillance. When a young child is made to live in extreme circumstances where they may not know where their next meal is coming from or they may have to be hiding their little brother so that their father doesn't beat him or 
someone is coming in their room at night or there's not enough food to eat, there's no heat going to be on, mom might not make it home tonight, a parent may become unconscious, there might be screaming, yelling, there might be all these circumstances that children live within, right? And so they kind of develop a sixth sense, this um, extra sensory superpower that they can now anticipate any and all trouble that could possibly happen in any and all situations. So now fast forward, I'm thinking of this as an adult, you know, 40 years into my life and, you know, 20 years into my career. And I'm thinking anatomically, like physiologically, just the impact on the body alone, the nervous system, having to constantly be in fight or flight, having to constantly be hyper aware and hyper surveillant of every single possible thing that could possibly happen in every direction at every given moment. I mean, wow. So back to the conversation. The CEO looks at me and he says this whole thing, hyper-surveillance. He says, you know, under the circumstances, the sixth sense. He says, so those children that make it out into a semi-functional, healthy adulthood where they have a healthy marriage and a healthy family or a healthy life or career. So this is the first break we have in uh, the recordings she goes from one recording to the next, ran out of time on the phone, is going to start another one, so there's a little bit of a off space here, but just wanted to chime in and, and, and talk about what I think is massive for all of us is that moment of self-awareness to understand, one, how we react to certain moments, but that split second, that little moment where we can realize it and change our response mechanism. So when Amber was talking about you know, how he approached the car and said the certain things and how it immediately made her feel. And like the ego punch, it was very, it was very selfish in the moment because it was a reaction that uh, she had created over the years. And we all do this. And I think in that moment, we get better as humans as we realize quicker and within the moment. So it doesn't take us a day or two or two days and I'm sorry. It's we we're, we're witnessing it in that moment, realizing who we are, how we usually react, and then stepping back for a split second and saying, is this how I'm feeling because of the way I feel and react to things? Or are they intentional and making me feel this way? Or is there something else bigger going on here? So I thought that was a good point to stop on. And let's get back into the hyper surveillance. So this is part two as she starts to explain the hyper-surveillance uh, portion of what the, the gentleman was talking about. So here we go. The child that has been through all those kind of traumatizing situations in life who has developed this sixth sense, this other new superpower, right, to anticipate trouble. Now they're in adult relationships, careers, families, all kinds of things, situations in life where they're happy. It's, it's, it's you know, much much the opposite of the life they had as a child. They've come out of it uh, with little or no therapy and life goes on, right? Somehow, some way, the nervous system has not healed and is so used to the learned behavior patterns and the neuro pathways that were formed over years and years and years of being hyper-surveillant to now 
not know what to do without having a lion chasing us. Right? So here we are. We're these semi, you know, healthy adults doing the best we can. For the most part, we have first world problems. Uh, we have all the food we need and shelter and love and people and things. And, you know, life is, is pretty good. And yet something's wrong. Now what we're seeing more prevalently than ever and, and here hearing more conversations about are these panic attacks and this anxiety that everyone seems to be having and you know I'm sure sure there's multiple conversations to be had on that issue as far as electronics and um, you know poison and environmental issues and all those kinds of things whatever the heck might be in the air radiation poisoning who the hell knows right we don't actually even know about all those extra things but just from a learned um, behavior pattern and our own personal experiences, especially having had trauma in childhood, you know, now here we are, we have no lion chasing us, and now, you know, your spouse's nose hair is driving you insane, or, you know, little things become big things because it's almost like we're looking for anything that's wrong, um, you know, to try to anticipate what a roadblock um, could potentially be or become, right? So... Thoughts for the day, for the next podcast. Had to get it recorded and down so that I wouldn't lose the story. I'm sure it could be edited for content. I wanted to talk about this deeper on the next podcast we do, but I wanted to get it recorded so I don't lose the train of thought and and what I was thinking about in the moment, which is something I do on the regular. I, I write a lot of notes in my iPhone I do the voice recordings. I have several podcasts currently in my voice recordings that I'm still waiting for even the courage to put on recording and put out. Um, even though this is real raw and flawed, I'm still learning to be able to be fully 100% vulnerable and, and, and letting everything out for everyone to hear. So I have plenty that I, I, I in the moment, I'll just do 45 minutes, I'll do an hour, I'll do two hours of voice recording, knowing that I will be putting it on podcast for everybody here because I think it's important for us to learn. So she does the same thing. She tried to get this on and she she uh, ends this one here and then it kind of maybe five, six, ten minutes later, she sends me a third one. Um, so I thought this was pretty funny. She was still in the thought she was thinking more deeply into it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play this last one here. It's only a couple minutes long, but I just thought it was a great follow up to what we're doing here. So here we go. And so on that day, I was like enraged, really, <laughs> about this guy calling me out, like not giving me the attention I wanted when I was trying to do something good for the community and for the farm. And then all of a sudden calling out my personality based on his life experiences with the, you know, superpower kids that he'd been working with over 30 years, which I totally get. So he recognized it in me immediately because I noticed something about him. But, you know, that day, he also changed my life forever because although it took me probably two or three more years before I stopped, like, hating on this guy (laughs) for that day and that moment, I legitimately 
for the first time in my life, had a word and a, a foundation for what the heck my life was about on so many levels that I was never able to articulate in such a way until um, that conversation that day. So hyper-surveillance, trauma, anxiety, all of it, you know, it's it all comes back to what we continue to talk about on on many other um, podcasts and in many other conversations with our colleagues, our friends, and our family, um, especially in recent years, is that, you know, it's all about practice. And, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, good or bad, you know, we all for generations practiced poor practices, you know, uh, because it's all we knew. And so, you know, you don't do better till you know better. And sometimes even when you know better, you don't do better right away, you know, because again, it takes practice. So in my own life, in my own struggle, through my own trauma, in becoming a fairly healthy, decent adult that, uh, does not have a lion chasing her. Um, I have simply had to practice being okay and practice being happy and practice breathing and practice exercising and practice my practice, you know, practice what you preach, right? So um, that's really the only way that through time and daily sustainability that I personally have been able to overcome um, some of my own anxiety and panic um, in recent years. So. I hope that helps, and I hope that shines some light for others um, in ways, and uh, I always thank you for your time. Love it so much. All right, so that last one was super important portion of all of it, because as I listened to the the two notes she sent me, the two voice recordings, I listened, and you know, initially when it started, she's talking about anxiety. And a lot's been coming up for lately is I knew that there was a portion of it that was very personal because I know she had struggled with it too as well and that she still struggles with some anxiety that comes up and and trying to figure that out and as I listened to the, the two voice recordings you know I, the part where she ran into the guy and and he said hey can we reschedule and pull the phone out and then she noticed you know something skin skin rash or eczema or something i initially thought the story was going towards when he said hyper surveillance that it, he was talking about himself and the traumas he had went through causes that that rash that body abnormality so we see that sometimes with people where <clears throat> um stress stress environments can literally make them break out. Um, so immediately, I was I went down that road in that story, and I started I listened to the rest of it, whatever nine more minutes, thinking that it was the other's perspective. And then when I listened to the last recording, I realized that it was Amber's realization of her self awareness. So it, it what a great it was a really great listen for me. And look, I have the privilege of. Uh, speaking with my sister whenever I want um, on a drop of a dime and getting into these deep conversations not only just in the podcast but the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours that we've had just having these deep conversations that should have been recorded so 
for me to listen to some voice recordings and and be thrown off the path like that and I thought we were he was talking about what he had gone through that's why he has that and didn't even realize that it was more of a realization and self-awareness for my sister so really cool um, good timing I think for this time of the year where a lot of people are going through maybe a lot of anxiety and you know for me <clears throat> personal experience with my sister my my aunt has shared with us in the late years that she had dealt with it for more than 20 years of her life which I couldn't I couldn't even told you I even recognized if I look back uh, on time spent with her it's just something that she dealt with and kept to herself um, you know then my sister and then also um, Brittany as well like having been around people and being so close to it I truly never understood it from the standpoint of the uncontrollable aspect of it. I always I always went to the science of the brain part where, well, if it can be created, it can be corrected. Um, and that's where I've always come from, from my business standpoint, from my, <clears throat> my expertise standpoint. What I read and educate myself on is the fix, right? I'm always trying to get to the fix um, and not focusing as much on the problem which you know I've always kind of believed in my own system that like I said if it if it could be created as a problem it could be fixed um, and in knowing more and getting deeper is I guess the real question for me now today is being around close people to me and being able to be witness bear witness to it my mother as well before she died when she moved out here she went through a lot of similar things and so if I'm really talking about the four women that were close to me, my aunt, my mother, my sister, and Brittany, we're all struggling with these things. And I, I couldn't get a full grasp of it because I wanted to fix it. Um, and, and fast forward today, I've just spent way more hours into it, trying to study and understand it. And my big question today, especially in light of this recording with my sister, is understanding not that not is anxiety this thing that was created later on in life or or is it now because of all the distractions we have and the pressures i don't think that's it i really do believe now and i, I did at one point i believe now that it's where does it come from and when does it come from so i think what we see or even what people with severe anxiety are going through sometimes they don't fully understand how and why it's happening in that time that it's happening. I think there is some real depth to it and it can come from a long time ago, childhood incident uh, in a moment and over time in your childhood that maybe you don't even look at right now as an importance. You're like, oh no, that's, you know, that's how it was or my family wasn't that great or my dad this or my mom that. But we got we to gotta give credit to how the brain is developed over time as we're young. And those things can be developed over years. So in our adult life, we don't understand why it's happening now because it never happened. You know, maybe it didn't happen before. And then all of a sudden it started to happen heavy. It's because, one, we're a different human being and understanding and things that are important to us now as an adult, like raising a family, being in a sustainable relationship, having a great relationship with your family members all those things become important as you get a little older 
and then they can become pressures, right? Anxiety can form in that. And I don't, I don't think that I have never experienced it because I have, but not to a debilitating point. And like I said, being around and understanding it, listening to this story and listening to many others with my mother and my aunt and Brittany and, you know, having a sensitivity to this and where it really comes from is the source. I think create, understanding the source of it and that sometimes it's not a it's not a fix right away because of the length of time it's been created. You can't just fix it. And my whole life I've, I've been trying to be a fixer because, you know, I felt like I came from a broken area, uh, home and, and life. And I feel like I want to be the one to fix. And, and sometimes that's not the answer. You know, things happen over a long period of time. Sometimes they need to be healed over a long period of time. So I got to thank my sister for just recording this one, sent it to me. I wanted to get on here for everybody else listening to this time of year, little Christmas Eve a podcast present if you will so appreciate you all for listening i'm gonna we're gonna jump on a podcast and with my sister and i and we're gonna invite um a doctor on as well a professional in this field because i really want to dig into some of this stuff and not be just you know opinions of my sister and i and our life experiences and our education but more so from somebody maybe that studies that non-stop all the time so we can kind of have a pick pick the brain uh, session i think it'd be a lot of cool stuff come out of it so appreciate y'all for listening i love the support it is literally you are my family to me now you literally are the people that are listening and comment and sending messages it means the world to me it, it keeps me lit up it keeps me doing what i do every day and, and continue to push forward even when sometimes i don't think i can so much love to all you Go to iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, download Real, Raw, and Flawed. Download from any one of them. Please subscribe, listen, and leave a review. It means the world to me. Um, I appreciate y'all. I hope you have a merry, merry, merry Christmas. Love on your families. Love them as much as you possibly can. It's these moments that mean the most. So, Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you for the new year.